Morning. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the <laughs> to the live devotional here at Christ Life Ministry. So today, I wanted to speak about being sanctified and sanctification. So um, let me just see who's online. There's Eric Malchas from Worcester. Bless you. It's good to see you there, man. So uh, as others comment, Hello, Mars. Good to meet you. Who else is there? We'll see as the people log on. Okay. So I want to start in Hebrews chapter 10. Um, so there's two, it's like two sides of the same coin. And the one is what Christ has done, and the one is our role that we need to do. Okay, so what Christ has done is, is clear for all to see in the gospel of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for the sin of the world. So he answered the sin question by providing the perfect sacrifice for all people, for all time, once for all on the cross to make an offering for sin. That's his side of the coin. Our side of the coin is this. We need to hear and believe the gospel. And we receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit brings the sanctification that he paid for on the cross into our lives so that we can experience it. We receive it, and uh, it's like we are being sanctified as we hear and believe the word because the Holy Spirit does a work in our life. The Holy Spirit makes you holy. So that's the only thing that's holy about you, is the Holy Spirit that indwells you. The blood of Christ has washed us. The Holy Spirit inside of us is the manifestation of the holiness that we receive through the cross. Hello, Janine. Hello, Dini. It's good to see you. Hello, Trish. So all the regulars. So bless you guys. Okay. So I want to start reading in Hebrews chapter 9. He says, um, verse 9, he then went on to say, behold, here I am coming to do your will. Okay, so Jesus completely finished the will that he, that he needed to do. He was sent to do a specific thing, and he came and he finished the will of God. So um, if you want to know the will of God, it's a good place to start. What Jesus has done is the will of the Father. He says, thus he does away with and annuls the first former order as a means of expiating sin. Okay, so he destroys and removes sin by removing the old order. So... Why is that? How can he do that by removing the old? So Romans chapter 4 verse 15 says, uh, and Romans chapter 5 verse 13 speaks more or less the same thing. It says, if there's no law to transgress, transgress, if there's no law to transgress, uh, there's no, sin is not imputed to men's account, if there's no law to transgress. And, um, and also, uh, people can't be punished for something if there's no law to transgress. So it's kind of the same type of thing that Romans 4.15 and Romans 5.13 says. So uh, the law is the power of sin, Romans chapter 7, verse 8. So without the law, sin is dead. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, around about 63, I think, it says... Uh, uh, sin is the sting of death, and the power of sin is the law. So if you remove the law, you remove sin. Okay, But why does it help you remove the law, and now everybody doesn't know, you know, now there's a void, now there's nothing. But he didn't come to just remove it, uh, he came to fulfill it. So the fulfillment of the law is the Spirit of God. So um, Romans chapter 8, verse um, 3, I think, let me just get to it, says the following. Firstly, he says, verse 1, let's read from verse 1. It says, therefore there is now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you believe in Jesus, if you've received the Holy Spirit, 
Nothing can accuse you before God because you have the Holy Spirit. He says, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh. You can equate that to the law of Moses. But after the dictates of the Spirit. You can equate that to the law inside of us, which is the Spirit of Christ, which comes by believing the gospel. So he says, for the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being. So the law of the Spirit of life. So you have a new law inside you that guides you. That It's not an outward thing engraved in letters on stone. You know, uh, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 7 that says, the ministration of condemnation and death engraved in letters on stone. It's not the, the law of death and sin and death engraved in letters on stone, but it's the law of spirit and life which is written on the tables of your heart. He dwells in your heart and he guides you. As you go, he says, no. As you go, he says, so today... The, you know, he, he guides you in the perfect will of God, in the perfect thing. So it's not always, you, you must always not do this, always not do this. Do whatever the Spirit says. Okay? So because you have the unction of the Holy Spirit, you have His voice in your ears, do this. So sometimes it's simple, it's as simple as don't turn left, turn, go straight. Okay, go straight. And then there's a big accident and you avoided the traffic or you avoided the accident or something just because of the prompting of the Spirit. So He speaks with you and He guides you as you need it. Okay? So you don't need to gather information, outward information, from the outward tree of knowledge of good and evil or from the outward codification of it, which is the law of Moses. But you have him on the inside of you who knows all things and who has everything in the palm of his hand. And he directs you and guides you and controls you. So and he does it by his love. Second Corinthians 5.14, the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us for we are of the opinion that if one died, all died. And he died for all so that those who live might live no longer for themselves but for him. So we live for an audience of one. We live to please him. We live to hear his voice and do what he says. And the outflow of that will be a blessing to all people. Okay, so the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has freed me from the law of sin and death. Okay, so if, the, if I'm freed from the law of sin and death, I'm also free from sin and death. Okay, so now he says, for God has done what the law could not do. Its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. Sending his son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, deprived of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. So God condemned sin in the flesh. He subdued it, deprived it in his own body. Remember Hebrews 4 says he was uh, tempted in every respect as we are yet without sinning. Okay, so he knew how to subdue it. He deprived it of power by always answering the temptation with, it is written, it is written, it is written. All right, he was tempted in every respect as we are. He partook of the same nature, says Hebrews chapter 2, so that by going through death, he might bring to naught uh, him who had power over the death, that is the devil. So he had the same temptations as you have, exactly the same, no difference, the same. But he never sinned. And he gave his body as a sacrifice so that he could sanctify us by his obedience. Okay? So God condemned sin in the flesh. He deprived it of its power over all who accept the sacrifice. Okay. Now he says, so that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh, trying to save ourselves by works and the law, but in the, way, uh, the ways of the Spirit. 
our lives governed not by the standards according to the dictates of the flesh, but by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I'm just going to jump back to Hebrews chapter 10. So I think the big thing is where people struggle, uh, the more you try to make yourself better, the more you'll struggle. Have you ever tried to make yourself better? I have. <laughs> Every now and then I catch myself. So I try, to, I try to be better in this area or that area or this area. And then my focus that goes there, my focus is not on what the Holy Spirit is saying. He never told me to do it. So he removed the law that condemns me. He removed the law that, that puts my attention on what is wrong, which stirs up the desire to do the thing that is wrong, and then which brings the desire and which brings the condemnation of it. He took my attention away from that, and he's placed it on the cross. Jesus never fell for the desire of sin. And then he offered his body as a sacrifice for the sin of everyone that was trapped in it, trapped under the law. Only one person ever was worthy. Only one person ever was worthy to, to be the, the pure, spotless, blameless lamb, the holy one. In John chapter 17, Jesus says, uh, I sanctify myself so that they may be sanctified in the truth. Your word is truth. Okay? So Jesus sanctified himself to be a holy, pure, blameless, spotless offering so that all those who receive the sacrifice might be sanctified in the truth. He is truth. The word made flesh. Then he says, John 17, that your word is truth. Okay, so we are sanctified by hearing the message and believing it. Simple as that. There was a sacrifice that was brought once for all. The sacrifice ended all other sacrifices. No more sacrifice for you needed. He says, if we just jump to verse 18 in Hebrews chapter 10, he says, where there is absolute remission and forgiveness and cancellation of the penalty of these sins and law-breaking, there is no longer any offering made to atone for sin. Which means you do not need to make atonement for your sin. What you need to do is believe the sacrifice that Jesus made for your sin. Okay? So he says, here I am coming to do your will. He does away with the old as a means of expiating sin. So the law... Tells you what is sin. The law gives you the knowledge of sin. Romans 3 verse 20. The law then stirs up the desire. Romans 7 verse 8. Uh, sin finds opportunity in the commandment to express itself. For without the law, sin is dead. And a lifeless thing. So the law gives the power to the sin. So the more I try not to, or the more I try to obey the law the greater the power of the sin inside. <laughs> so the more we try to be better, the greater is the struggle. Okay? But if you just simply surrender and say, Lord, I can't do it. Thank you for doing it for me. Thank you that you have now made your home inside of me. I just give control over to you. You guide me now. You lead me now. You live in me and through me. I'm, I'm dead to the world. I, through Christ's sacrifice, have died. It's not I that live. Christ lives in me. So, Lord, I surrender to you. And he takes control. Okay. So, he has done something to sanctify you. Let me just actually get to the scripture I want to begin in. He says, uh, he, 
does away with the old as a means of expiating sin so that he might inaugurate and establish the second latter order. And in accordance with this will of God, we have been made holy, consecrated, sanctified through the offering made once for all of the body of Jesus Christ. Past tense, have been, it's done. So, in spirit, you have been made holy. So if you receive the spirit, you are holy. In spirit, you have been made holy. So if you receive the spirit, you are holy. Okay, does it make sense to you? Okay, so verse 14. For by a single once full offering, he has forever, 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 <laughs> completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. So you are forever, completely Cleansed and perfected in spirit. So the moment you said yes to Jesus, that spirit came and took over your spirit. Your spirit testifies together with God's spirit that you are children of God. So you have God's spirit inside. Your spirit man is fully saved. The fullness of God dwells in your spirit, but spirit is unseen. So the world doesn't see the holiness yet. <laughs> okay, But it's there. It's there inside. Okay. So now, if we believe the very same gospel, that spirit speaks through the word, and our minds are renewed. Our minds are renewed. And as our minds are renewed, the holiness that he has placed inside us starts flowing out. And that is sanctification. Okay? So let's just jump to 2 Timothy chapter 2. So he says... In the great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware, and some of honorable and noble use, and some for menial and ignoble use. So, whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating, corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful, honorable and noble, purpose consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. Okay, all right. How do you separate yourself? How do you cleanse yourself? Because that sounds like the opposite of what the gospel is saying. That sounds like, hey, the law says you must cleanse yourself. No, let's just read a few other scriptures. Remember, these things need to speak together. Okay, so what Jesus has done will be the soap <laughs> that you use to cleanse yourself. Does it, make, does it make sense? Okay. So he is the cleansing agent. He is the one that did the sacrifice and cleansed you in spirit. So now you need fellowship with the spirit for the manifestation to come. Okay. So he says, John 15, just listen to this. I'm the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit stops bearing. He cuts away trims. And he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more excellent fruit. More and more excellent fruit. Okay, so it's not he cuts away, oh no, he's cutting off my arm to teach me. That's not what he's saying. He's pruning away all the dead stuff. That's much the same as Hebrews chapter 4 says the, the word is a double-edged sword and it goes down deep into the heart and it cuts out all the calluses and the hardness and sifts the thoughts. And so the word comes in... And it cuts out the circumcision of the heart. It cuts out all the stuff that is in opposition to God. So as we receive the word, it goes in deep. And it, and it, and it brings correction to this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. Okay. So now he says, uh, so we abide in him. He's the vine. Okay. 
He cuts away the dead stuff. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have to do it. He does it for me. Okay? And now here comes the revelation. He says, you are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you. Okay, so the word of what Jesus has done for you brings what he has done for you into manifestation in your life. So he has done something for you. You are forever completely cleansed and perfected. Now that's there. Here I am. I believe it comes to my spirit. I'm saved. So now, as that word starts to take over my mind, Romans 12 verse 2, and my mind is renewed, I am transformed into the same likeness of the word. So as my mind is, is, is renewed to the word, the word comes and snap, 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 and the fruit comes. So as I receive the word, the fruit comes. As I receive the word, the fruit comes. Because as I receive the word, the manifestation of the Spirit comes. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So it's not in trying not to do this. It's not in trying not to do this. It's not in trying not to do this. But it's just in surrendering to the Spirit. And He knows He's already holy. (laughs) He knows then you forget that all these things exist because by the law is the knowledge of sin. So don't try not to do, but surrender and receive. So so I surrender. I drink the new wine. I drink the oil of the anointing. I drink the waters of life. I eat the bread of life. I receive the gospel of Jesus. And the Spirit does a work in me. And out of that flows works coming out of faith. Okay? So He sanctifies me. So by me focusing on what he's saying, my mind is renewed, and I start to bear the fruit, or I start to show that he has already done it in spirit. So the connection between spirit and my reality is faith. It's always the connection is faith. So if I believe the word, the word will bear fruit in me, and I look more like him. So... If I mess up again, he's just giving me more of that because that's what's changing me. So the word is this. You have been forgiven. (laughs) You have been made righteous. You have been sanctified through the once for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Here I am. My life doesn't look like I'm forgiven. My life doesn't. (laughs) So now, how do I get, bridge the gap? I believe the word. And he starts bearing fruit. And now we need to simply be patient with the manifestation. God doesn't require you to look like him for for you to be acceptable. He he accepts you just as you are. And in time spent with him, him, his image starts to be manifested in your life. So it's, it's when we forget everything that we're doing wrong, everything that we have done wrong, And our mind is only on what he has done for us. Done right, the cross, the blood of Jesus. That bears fruit in us. And Christ is starting to be made visible and be made manifest in us. You are cleansed because of the word that he has given to you. Okay, so I want to jump to, um, what's the other one that I want? Oh, yes, uh, James chapter 1. It's one of the very first revelations God gave to me. So he says, verse 18, It was of his own free will that he gave us birth as sons by the word of truth, so that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So it's the first, by the word, you get your rebirth. And then, now he's speaking to born-again people. He says, 
Understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every, every man to quick, be quick to hear. So, I've heard, therefore I'm born again. But now he says, be quick to hear. Keep on hearing the word. The same word that brought you your salvation experience, the same word that brought you your rebirth experience, will also bring you to manifestation in perfection, in reality. Okay? So he says, understand this. Let every man be quick to hear and slow to speak. Slow to take offense and get angry. Okay, so this word was the very, when I started getting into the anointing, that's the very first word that came. Because I didn't have a short fuse. I had no fuse. It wasn't boom, it was just boom. (laughs) Okay, so I had a horrible temper. The very first thing that God said, hey, be quick to listen and slow to speak. I mean, it's good advice. Count to ten. Yeah. You know, so, so then I, I wanted to just react and I would remember the scripture. I remember I was in traffic one day. I was still working at a law firm as an article clerk. And um, I had this little Granny Smith green city golf. And I drove home one day. And there was this paramedic, overstressed guy, and he was attending to a minor accident at the one intersection. So there was some traffic, and but there was it wasn't a big accident or anything. But we were going like 0.4 kilometers per hour, you know. So as I was going past this guy, <laughs> I was on the phone <laughs> because I was phoning someone to tell them I'm late. And I'm, I mean, if I crash in that circumstances. It's like, oh no, there's nothing, no damage, you know. So, so, but this guy flipped and he ran towards my car and he hit a dent in my roof with his fist. <laughs> so he was obviously a bit, you know, irrational, you know. And I just wanted to jump out there and say, listen, I'm working at this law firm. I'm going to see you. I don't have legal costs, man. I'll sue for you. No. And I just wanted to jump and scream at the guy. And it was just as I went over the intersection and I stopped my car and this scripture came up. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. So I clenched my steering wheel. <laughs> and I just, mm. Okay, Jesus. And I drove off, drove off and I had an amazing day. And the dent was in the roof of the car And eventually it made no difference to anything. Didn't matter. No one noticed. Didn't matter. So, So that's just what I'm saying is we think we have an opinion of things. We think we want to be in control of things. God says, hey, just get rid of the stuff. He says, verse 20, For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God 21, so get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. Same as in 2 Timothy 2, whoever cleanses himself. So I needed to cleanse myself. Was I cleansed? Yes, in spirit, for sure, because of the blood of Jesus. I believed in him. I already saw miracles. Okay? God said, get rid of uncleanness, the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. So what's the wickedness? The anger that I had. So he says, how do I do it? In a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive 
and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. So the word sanctifies us. Okay? I just want to read you this in John 17. He says, John 17. He says, verse 17, Sanctify them, purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself. By the truth, your word is truth. Just as, as you have sent me into the world, so have I sent them. Okay, so Jesus prays for you. Prays in John 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Okay, so how do we get rid of uncleanness? Hear the word. That's all. Hear the word. And remember the word. But now he says, verse 22, but be doers of the word. Obey the message and not merely listeners to it. Betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning. He didn't say reason about the word. He just said believe it and do it. So if the word says, lay hands on the sick, lay hands on the sick. He didn't say, lay hands on the sick if you are healed. He didn't say, lay hands on the sick if you are perfect in everything. He didn't say, lay hands on the sick if you have studied the word for 20 years. He said, just lay hands on the sick. And they were recovered. Why? Because you believe in Jesus. Okay? So the more I lay hands on the sick, I'm, the more I see Jesus revealing himself to me, and the more my faith can grow. So I'm a doer of the word. So, or something like this. Uh, when a scripture comes, when, when there's a, a prompting of the Spirit that speaks to you and says, uh, go this direction. Be a doer of that word. Because the word is Spirit. Jesus said, John 6, 63, the flesh has no benefit whatsoever. But the spirit is, is uh, the life giver. So the words that I have been speaking to you are spirit and they are life. Okay, so if the word is spirit, Galatians 3, did you receive the Holy Spirit by doing the law? Or was it by believing the word? Was it by a message of faith? And then in verse 5 he says, uh, he who works powerfully and miraculously among you, does he do so because of you obeying the law? Or was it by the hearing of faith? Okay? So even the miracles comes by simply hearing what Jesus has done, how he has sanctified you, how he has blessed you. You will not see miracles if you try to be holy and be better because you'll be so distracted with yourself. But if the same question is answered in your heart, you don't have to worry about that. You simply, all that's left is fellowship with Jesus. And he says, lands on the sick. And then he just lands on the sick. And isn't it amazing? People work so hard and they get so offended because I've worked for 20 years and God is not using me in miracles. And here comes this guy and he's just saved two days and he pulls someone out of a wheelchair. <laughs> that's exactly the point. It's by grace. It's simply by grace. You just stand on the sacrifice of Jesus and believe him. And then he will do the works of the Father through you. He said, you'll do the works that I do in you and greater. So anything that the Bible says you can have is simply by your connection in spirit to Jesus, by simply believing it. And then that inner law tells you, do this, do this. Jesus fulfilled the law. He didn't take it away. He fulfilled the law. Now he's given that fulfilled law spirit and he's placed it inside you. It's fulfilled. You don't have to fulfill the law. You just need to live in surrender to the spirit of God. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there 
is liberty. It's not, I try to be free from this. No, I embrace the spirit and I'm free. We walk in the spirit and we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I embrace the spirit and there's the freedom. So it's not a magic trick and then I'm free. No, it's a, it's a life in him. And the freedom manifests. People come for prayer. I, I want to be free from this. Okay, great. I'll pray for you. And I'm sure God will do something. But if, you, if your mind is not going to change to what the word says, that thing's going to come back. Okay? Why? Because you're not walking in the spirit. So the flesh is the flesh. Spirit is the spirit. Okay? So uh, we need to, uh, to be surrendered to the spirit of God. That's the life that he has for us. And it feels to the, to the unrenewed mind, it feels like it's so restrictive. But it's actually just the door through which you enter into no restrictions. It's the door into which you enter into the eternal realm where all things are possible. Where nothing is impossible with God. Okay, so uh, the narrow door. <laughs> you, have to, you can narrow it down to one thing, the cross of Jesus. <laughs> That's all you need. All the other information irrelevant. It's in this realm. Through the narrow door, you go into the realm of the Spirit, and all things are possible. Okay, so I hope this has done something. I mean, I've been jumping around a little bit, but so um, some more I wanted to say, but it's fine. The law is fulfilled. You have the Holy Spirit, which is the new law. Hearing his voice is everything. It's precious. We hear his voice through the word of God. So let the word be rooted in your heart. It contains the power to bring your soul to full salvation, not only your spirit. And if your soul is in full salvation, if the spirit manifests in your soul, it will quicken your mortal body, Romans 8.11. All right, so I hope this has done something for you on this Monday morning. Hello, Dini. Hello, Eric again, there's Eric, who else is there? Is the oh, okay, so that's all the comments on YouTube. Hello, Janet, bless you, it's good to see you. And uh, Aaron Michaels, bless you guys. Only thing that matters now is faith that works through love. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Bless you guys, and I hope you have an amazing day. And uh, there is our email address. Please send us an email if you have any questions or if you have a testimony or if you just want to chat and tell us where you're watching us from, please send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Remember to subscribe if you haven't and share the video. All right, so be blessed. We'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Amen.